it's Jess and Ben and it's episode one of the Out of Home podcast. We are super excited to have two very special guests on the show today. We've got Desper Robinson, which is the CEO and founder of B83 Music Group. And we've also got Andy Smallman, who's the marketing manager and the absolute rock that gets everything moving, don't you? So, yeah. Mr. Ops. Mr. Ops, yeah. So, thank you for joining us today. All good. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Hope you enjoy Pleasure. the champagne. Thanks for having us on. It's all right. We've got a bit of Wolverhampton in there, ain't you, Bab? Nah, don't tell anybody. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, starting from Wolverhampton. Let's go back. Let's go back to Wolverhampton. I'm not Take from Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you oh, were. Oh, no, I'm from Warsaw originally. Oh, God, that's awkward. WS10, Darleston. Yes. Humble beginnings. Nice. Uh, Tell me about the, awesome. Uh, from the uh, third most uh, deprived area in the country. Okay. Look, mama, I made it. So you know, yeah. High well, five. It was at the time, but. Um, oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. High five. Sorry, <laughs> I was looking down at myself. Oh dear. I was doing the DJ Khaled. Like, look how far we've came. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, look, look where you are now. I know, I know. Yeah. Trying. Yeah. Well, you're doing all right for yourself, aren't you? I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> So talk to us about B83 music. Oh, um, Tell us what it is first, because I think there's so much that you guys do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will think, is it a record label? Is it talent, like management? What is it? But you, you do a lot, don't you? Yeah, we do. It's um, essentially coining it as a creative content company. Um, so we we help manage content. So we help manage like artists and and helping them produce their own content and stuff like that, getting their music out, etc. And then we also create our own via um, the record label and kind of like making stuff and signing stuff. Um, and yeah, kind of like between those two things, that is what we do. We manage people and or sign people and put music out. How many uh, members of staff have you guys got at the moment? Um, roughly seven. Is it seven? Was <laughs> two. Like There's some interns. Quick. Yeah, including the interns. Yeah, it's about seven. Yeah. So that's yeah. good going for a team of seven, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a small business owner, buddy. Yeah. To do all <laughs> of those things. Um, just before the podcast got rolling, Desper, you said something quite good. I think when you said, I want to talk about greatness, uh, yeah. which leads me nicely on to ask, if you could have a, you know, look back on your life when you reach a certain age, yeah. what would greatness look like? What would it be a few things checked off the box? You know what? I guess really, it, greatness is how many people you've helped really along the way. Yeah. To to not be too cheesy about yeah, it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you know when, especially when Andy came on board, I, I spent a lot of time talking about, um, like being of service and how we are kind of like we're not a service company per se, but us being there to help people kind of get their their yeah. their music out. Yeah, essentially, it's like it's a really intimate thing. Yeah. It's, it's their art, and we're helping them get that out as well as kind of like helping people promote their music and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, greatness to me looks like doing that the best we can. Really. Yeah. So that, what, sorry, just sorry, I was just going to say, well, how did you two meet? How did we meet? It's through music, obviously, inevitably through music. Yeah. And I'm trying to trace my mind back now. It was yeah, I think you wanted your royalties and I was avoiding you for ages. I think it was. <laughs> It was. It was. Yeah. So and uh, so and so I'll, I'll tell, tell the story so you know I'm not a shark. Um, <laughs> so, so Andy, Andy had done a. I, I was managing an act um, previously, and Andy had done a, a song with him. He produced a beat, um, and it'd come out. We'd put it out, and it, it hadn't done too well at all. Like it wasn't like it hadn't done loads of loads of streams or whatever. 
Um, and Andy wanted to report on, on kind of like how much money it made. And I was like, oh, for me to go ahead and do it. Well, because he ended up finding out how long it was mm-hmm. with the distributor we were using and the reams of spreadsheets they would send us and all the little micro calculations would have to go through. But honestly, at the time, it just wasn't worth the time to do it. So, yeah, so yeah. I've realised that now. <laughs> what <was> that now? <laughs> but I was like, oh, Andy, man, like, oh, come on, man, just chill out. Yeah. So he was just sending me email after email after email after email. And eventually we, like, we started talking. I was like, okay, and I explained. And then, yeah, it just kind of um, went from there. Like, like, what happened next? I think j- during that process, that's when I was kind of, with the artist, I was asking about, like, what goes into the process as well as, so I've, d- I've kind of done the beat and I was handing desk at the same time as well. And I was like, what else can I help out with? I'm super eager to know about sort of the other nuts and bolts that go into the release as well. Um, so once we kind of got past that royalties thing, I think that's when the conversation started. Then it was like, okay, can I get involved in anything else with B83 mm, yeah. on the label side and on the management side? Obviously at that point, I could see there was a lot going on. Um, there was a lot going on with Jay at the time as well. I think this was just after the Where Have You Been EP as well. So I'd seen like billboards and headline shows and stuff. And I was like, there's a real buzz going on around what B83 and Des was doing. So yeah, I kind of used that moment to be like, can I help? Like, let me get involved in stuff. I've got experience with X, Y and Z and I just feel like I can apply myself. And then, yeah, just kind of built on from there. Didn't you start to throw Yeah, stuff. little known secret is that like, I was doing it all by myself. Wow. <laughs> so like everything he just mentioned was just me and I was dying underneath the weight of my emails like every single day. Like, oh my God. It's like every day waking up. Like it was great though. I'm not complaining. But like Andy saying like, do you need any help? I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, so like, like had a phone call from one day. I was like, bro, like I'm really unorganized. Well, I'm really getting this stuff done, but I'm really unorganized. <laughs> like, uh, if yeah. I send some of this stuff to you, can you help me with it, please? And then yeah, he just did. I think for about eight nine months, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. just me sending you little bits and pieces, and him kind of essentially interning. And then when I had the opportunity to actually like hire him and say, you know, you're going to be my first hire. Um, yeah, like I did that, and then here we are now. And that's pretty epic in itself yeah. because nobody's going to care more about your own project than yourself so i guess recruiting for the right person he does yeah yeah <laughs> no nah, i'm ser- nah, serious because this is essentially like being honest like when you talk about like greatness and stuff i've been doing this this is my 21st year now like you know from being a producer and doing etc like loads of things on the way so essentially being in the music industry and building this company along the way is, is really my life's work like i've been doing it like more than half my life yeah um to bring andy on as my first hire and to have somebody that's really taken um the work on and, and really treats it as his own as well and i can yeah. rely on him wholeheartedly has been transformational in terms of what we've been doing so it's just absolutely been like, and i think from yeah, what break. you're saying when you refer to it as art that's like the highest level of respect that you can give it isn't it it's someone's music but it but it is a form of art mm-hmm. so do you guys feel any pressure with dealing with that to make sure that you get it spot on is there a high pressure there yes sure and sweet Great to work for. Yeah. I'm chill, man. I'm fucking great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that's a gas Serious, yeah, 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 100%. Is there any of it, because you're like the big friendly giant. Every time I see you, he's lovely. And like, is there any sides for him which you, you get scared of? There's definitely a scary side. <laughs> definitely a scary side. I've not seen the scary side. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him be yeah. like it with other people? Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, that like... Everyone says that about a boss though, don't they? Yeah, Everyone but I mean... There's, there are pressures that come with it, and at the end of the day, I think the the peak of that pressure is that we we care. Like Des just said, like we yeah. are first and foremost passionate about 
music, but under the umbrella of, of art. So we're passionate about that. We are we're nerds. Like we're no, we are nerds. Like, like, I'm a nerd, man. Like, as, as like the Tupac like, reference just then. Do you know what I mean? The history of artists and, and yeah, and yeah. And stuff I like. think we might need to get that fact again because I don't think many people will know that. Well, yeah. So just so Ben was calling himself a backup dancer because he was trying to. He had to go out there anyway. So Ben was called Ben. Ben was calling himself the backup dancer, and I was like, yeah. Well, Tupac started out as a backup dancer. I bet not many like, would yeah, know, like, know that. Dancing for digital underground in his pants. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how he started out. But that's like. I'm I'm big on music factoids like I, I I love music yeah like love it um but in terms of like a scary side and whatever like yeah I mean yeah I think an owner has to wear all of them different hats don't know let's be honest if you're an owner and you're just nice it ain't gonna work is it you have to wear a lot of different hats I'm and guessing I've had to learn that the hard way yeah is that um people will try and get one over you and if you let them they will continue and then sometimes you have to put your fist down but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, or hand that what, what's the phrase um, foot down yeah that's it that's the one. put your foot down yeah yeah so talk to me about your artists what's your favorite facts about your artists oh it's a good question full of them that's a good question <laughs> okay one of my f- favorite facts about say jk is that he is of gypsy descent okay he's from small heath and he's basically a peaky binder no 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 yeah no no if if the peaky blinders were set now jay would be what's their names again tommy shelby jay would be tommy shelby or the brother I'm trying to think, would it be the crazy one? Or the would brother be the was the crazy one, wasn't it? <laughs> I, never I think he'd be a mix of both because yeah. he's not crazy all the time. Well, he would actually be a Peaky Blinder. Him and his friends would be the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Because they're from like that area. So when they did like the Moscow video yeah. um, and it's all kind of like Peaky Blinders themed, people mm. would just think, oh, he just did it to do it. No, no like that's kind of like, kind of him. Mm. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Plus his involvement with boxing though. Plus his involvement with yeah yeah football oh, as well oh yeah because he manages um, the it's British Ibrahim Spider is it yeah and I'm sure he's the British amateur champion yeah um, he's and doing he's, he's about to fight for Team GB and JK manages him and, and has developed him um, for years now um, about three four years yeah and, and he also manages you know remember, you know Prince Nassim Hamid yeah yeah he manages his two sons. Yeah, I watched, um, without sounding like the ultimate fanboy here, but obviously on Insta you get to see a lot of yeah. the ins and outs. One thing JK was saying about them, his two sons, or was it his nephews, that they can live a comfortable life, but they've chose to come and actually live in Birmingham and train at that. Yeah. Is it called the McCracken Gym? Yeah, the McCracken Gym, yeah. Yeah. And they're good lads, man. Like, um, Naz has raised them well. Like, I've been around them quite a lot because of Jay. And, you know, you see, you meet people that have come up with a silver spoon and sometimes they're dickheads. Yeah. They're actually really good lads, man. He's raised them well. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, it's nice to see. Um, yeah. Really respectful. Yeah, they're just, they're just just part of the team. Like, Jay's like, you know, just bringing them around. And, is, it, um, is it ever hard to, because he's got a lot of different passions, like we're speaking about, and he seems like he's got a lot of different projects. How does it work from a point of view? Is it him that will dictate the releases or is it a, a combination of you guys getting together and having that discussion it's a combination isn't it? combination yeah. yeah like he he's in control of his career and as an artist like if he wants to do something he'll do it but at the same time it's our job to kind of 
guide him and say, maybe this might not be the right thing to do right yeah. now, or let's give us a little bit more time to plan it so we've got a bit more impact and it's in line with what we're trying to do with other stuff, etc. So it's kind of like push pull, but really, you know, it is is a, is an independent act. We work on behalf of him and he's in control of his career. So, so which I guess is the best way because then he's got the freedom of the artist to not feel under a constraint, which I'm sure certain record labels can do that but I guess that brings us quite nicely onto what you wanted to ask regarding the campaign that JK did yes so we did an out of home campaign with you guys and I loved it I yeah. love seeing it happen I was so excited on the day and then it went on to win an award as well didn't it or it was yeah. nominated for some awards yeah so if, I'll let you explain it yeah it was it was listed in the top um I think it was top 50 music idol campaigns of that year Go on, Andy. Which yes. with it was it was mad when that happened because I think the year before for the 2020 campaigns, we we were talking on, about no, 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 we were talking about it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, no, here's what happened. Andy was like, "Oh, uh, I didn't know what the fuck this thing was." <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't know what it was. And he's like, "Oh yeah, they do this sandboxing. Yeah, cool, Andy. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah." He's like, "Yeah, so they show all the campaigns for the year, and it wouldn't be nice if we were in that one." Day. I was like, "Well, yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, yeah cool, cool, cool." The next, uh, Andy comes up with this campaign for Jay with the whole Superphone thing and whatever. And the next year, we're in there um, based on, on, you know, him coming up with the marketing and whatever. And, and the sp- But it was nice. It was actually very sick because he was like, oh, well, I didn't know. What, I, I knew what Music Ally was. I just didn't know they did that year roundup, et cetera, of kind of like, you know, all the different people and whatever. So for us to get in there the year after after doing that work and Andy showing me was like, yo, that's that that that's you see the reward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so um, nice to be rewarded for that stuff. Yeah, and for those who didn't see the campaign, so it had JK's number on. Was that correct? And you, what, are you okay to just quickly run? Yeah, of course. That? Of course. Um, we were just looking at what, like, yeah, it was basically a kind of guerrilla marketing tactic and technique and we were obviously that kind of aligns with Jay doing things a bit kind of um, outside the box um, and you know sort of having the power in his own hands so we looked into the tool that we that we used um, and kind of realised that he was about to go into um, a couple of releases for that year and for us to kind of take control of Jay's fans and his own audience and mobilise them for what will be the upcoming releases and then eventually other releases after that and just keep building it for certain, you know, it wasn't even just releases after that, we could we could do it. Once we got that audience, we could do stuff like pop-ups, events, merch, etc., cetera, um, which we then went on to do. But we kind of, yeah, we wanted to come out with a bang. Yeah. And so, yeah. That was where we kind of. That's the, pretty cool, man. Yeah, and the phone number, utilizing yeah. the SMS tool, put it on a billboard. Yeah. And um, and essentially as well, you know, when people are facing a lot of this dilemma now, is that um, you know, you go on these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, etc., and you're kind of at the mercy of the algorithm. Um, yeah. You know, you put content out; it only shows it to a few percent of your followers, and if it does that at all, and all that kind of stuff. So we, what we wanted to do is make sure that we we're in as much of control as, as of JK's audience as possible. Yeah. So kind of like, you know, using that SMS messaging and having that direct contact with them um, really helped kind of like push things over the line when we needed to because we could have that relationship with them directly rather than kind of having to um, always be thinking about, oh, is this going to show to yeah. his followers, etc. on Instagram. So, And I think Jess can definitely agree with this. 
because obviously we live and breathe advertising and you know billboards we often have it from customers that will say you know how many impressions did this campaign get but i guess if you guys are having text come through the proofs in the pudding right there isn't it and i was yeah we were having fun like obviously jay was on there as well like messaging people back um, what, yeah, no, it's, no, it's literally you'll see people mentioning it's fun because they're like, this isn't JK. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is blood. And they're blood. <laughs> you can see, like, you can see there's stuff, but oh, 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 really? Is it like. Because we, like, we did the phone in as well, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they had like a half an hour window off the back of the Thousand Nights single that he did with Georgia. Uh-huh. We utilized the Thousand as like a passcode. So we kind of set up this activation utilizing the answer machine and like a passcode where within a half an hour window, if you got the passcode, which was a thousand after the single's name, mm-hmm. they got through to speak to Jay. And I think that really, ch- like people yeah, were seeing did, yeah. this, like we were teasing it on his Spotify canvases with the number and, and hiding little Easter eggs. Obviously there was the billboard yeah. and we did the billboard because we knew he's got such a strong army of fans in Birmingham. But that's why we did the video content was to then get it out to the rest of the world and make sure they could see this number going up. Um, but the turning point was when he did that and the calls, I can't remember, it was a re- ridiculous amount of calls yeah, coming through that half an hour I think I rang you on the day that it yeah. happened I was right. like oh it looks good I love the video it looks amazing because yeah. we put it on and it, it just seemed to go wild on social mm-hmm. there's so many people like sharing it and commenting on it and then yeah you were just like right I'm really busy I've got to go yeah yeah it was really because it was yeah. all so new as well and like we prepped we had conversations kind of back and forth with, with the team at the you know behind the, the, the tool that we used for, for months and when it kind of finally happened i think wasn't there like a euros game one at the same time it was in and around one yeah. of the the, the the euros games yeah. so there was l- just loads going on and um it was kind of frantic and there was that kind of nervousness of is this gonna go as planned and obviously right out the gate it did and then we built it like i say then we did the phone in that went really well fans absolutely loved yeah, no, that loved that, loved yeah. that. And jay, jay loved it as well just being able to have that direct communication and then um, most recently at the start of the year Jay surpassed 100k YouTube subscribers and what we did was again like mobilise kind oh, of exclusively yeah. we yeah yeah we, we mobilised the Superphone fans um, with that tool to invite them to an exclusive free show to celebrate wow. him surpassing yeah, we called it 100k rather than JK 100, that's 100, 100, yeah, oh, like that's 300, 300 people 350 mm-hmm. people in the room God. yeah yeah, yeah. exclusive live so show that was his first kind of Solo show post after post lockdown, yeah. Mm. yeah. Do you have the biggest sigh of relief once it's gone well? Because I guess with anything, when you're putting out the idea, your head's on the block at the end of the day, isn't yeah. it? So, is it a, like a great feeling to get home and think, oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. especially with that one as well, because you know, well, we've built it up to a lot of contacts now, so yeah, you've got to just make sure everything's kind of you know well prepped and, and yeah, and it was cool because quick. I think. When you saw it on the billboard as well, you've got literally JK's face, call me and the number. You're like, what is this? I'm, I'm, I need to try it. And he, like, if it was a QR code, I think it would have been a lot different. Do you think maybe people would have been like, oh, I don't know? Because it was like old school. It's like, you're going to you're gonna get through to him. I'm, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I think it's that, is that, is that chance thing yeah. of like... No, like what? What? Text me. Like, okay, cool. Like, you know, it's it's it is like you say. It's kind of like the old school thing, but it's about connection. I think with QR codes, it's great, but it's very technological, isn't it? But yeah. a phone number, that's like you got direct contact with somebody. Yeah, and that's what they had. So. Yeah. You know, um, 
you know when you get artists that reach that stature that JK has, is it then difficult to keep, and this isn't to play them down in any way, shape or form, but does that then create a problem for other artists coming through? Do you ever get a bit of like that they'll want to go on billboards right away or are they quite, they know what position they're in? I think we are really good at communicating what's right for what campaign at what time. Mm-hmm. I think if, and also at the end of the day, when you're managing somebody, you're spending their money. Yeah. It's their money or you're spending, you've got, you've got them a distribution deal and whatever, and they're spending their budget that they have to recoup or whatever. But as a management company, it's always their money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, communicating to them what might be the best thing to do with their budget at any one time is really important. And if they want to go ahead and, and, and do billboards, that's, you know, and spend money, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Usually, though, um, if you've got a constrained budget, it's probably something that you probably won't do. Yeah. Um, you'd probably do that more for, like, a, a mixtape campaign or an album campaign. And the more than likely, they'll probably be doing digital ads and stuff like that. But um, you never, we never make anybody shy away from anything. It's just always about, like, what's right for them yeah. to spend, really. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. what we think is going to be the best bang for book at that time for what we're doing at any one point. I mean, yeah. I, I say this to a lot of artists as well. Like, you know, there's no point in going coming to me and saying, right, you want to go right on the Piccadilly Lights in London. We're going, Why are you not there yet? You know, mm. you need to start and build yourself up. Why don't you get a billboard in your hometown and then get a bigger one in London and then build it up? You know, we were talking recently about a brand's journey as an artist and yeah. going from the start right up to your you superstar yeah and when it comes to that billboard and out of home advertising i think that needs to reflect it a lot of people will want to go on the a bigger billboard compared to where they are because they want to be on the biggest billboard but sometimes the right way to do it is start small and kind of ease into it isn't it yeah that makes complete sense definitely mm. And even with sometimes the creative, this is where I think us as a team are always trying to kind of zoom out and look at things a bit more holistically and, and what we can do differently. Even with the creative sometimes, it's like, okay, you've got this, whether it's a digital billboard, it's got a turnaround, you've got 15 seconds to, to showcase what you, know, what you want or whether that's a print billboard. What can you do differently with that? You know, you've got an opportunity here to kind of um, be loud about what you know your project or your campaign. How can you do it a little bit differently? That's that's w- where we're always trying to apply ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, I think we did that, definitely did that with the with the J campaign. You know, yeah. that was very simple. It was just yeah. an image of J, its logo, and a phone number, yeah. um, and the rest kind of just did itself. But just looking at it, zoomed out, and going, okay, we can get creative with this. Here. It doesn't have to just be date, artwork, or whatever. We did That's it with Zeno as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Zeno, yeah. young lad Zeno. from Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, he told that. me where his hometown is. We said, right, we can get you on a billboard, but we could also get him on top of the building that the billboard's great, on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stick him on the roof. Yeah. No one's allowed up there, but we'll get him up there. Exactly. Um, and that's what we did. It looked really good then. And, and, that's we, and we're working, sorry, no, we're on, working on. with this new artist as well called Len. Um, he's from London. And he's like really underground, but has got a really big underground following. Um mm. So we're doing a post campaign at the moment and we probably will nil billboards too. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, We've got this on tape now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to send you a sound bite of that exact I also did say probably, so don't hold me to it just in case. Now, but, um, Drink some uh, more champagne. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we doing, we're doing a poster campaign for Lynn. Um, and, you know, Andy talk about the creative and stuff. Um, because he's new and a lot of people don't know about him yet, we're doing... Um, campaign called who the fuck is Len 
Love it. So it's li- that's literally it's literally posters with like you know um, handwriting that mm-hmm. just says who the fuck is Len mm-hmm. with the B eighty three logo and a QR code. Like it. Man. Um, and we're doing a couple other bits of pieces around that. There's a bit more gorilla, but we will talk about that afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, and we so we're doing that as a kind of awareness campaign. That'll be sick. Him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I guess it's got to be a tricky one, isn't it, to always be thinking out of the box each time? Because it's like once you've done something different, you can't. You might feel a bit reluctant to just do an album cover or something because you've already explored the, you know, the results that being different gets you. 100%. So it's trying to keep uh, that that momentum going. Um, Despa, I saw an unreal set at B. I think it was at B eighty three studio. Yeah, yeah, where it had all of the Birmingham um, MCs on. Yeah, yeah, legendary. Two questions here. From a fan point of view, is there any more coming? Because it sounded super clean. And second, if I've got this wrong, I'm going to look like an absolute tool. But (laughs) did you used to spit bars? I didn't, you know. You didn't. Nah. Question two well, is cancelled. Not, not, not that anybody knows about that. <laughs> question two I've is cancelled. I've, I've got tracks that nobody knows about. Yeah. Well, question two, forget about it. It was going to be to ever get the urge to jump on the mic. But we'll go back to question one. Is there any more of that in the pipeline? Because from reading the YouTube comments, it went down very well. Yeah, no, there will be, man. I think we went through. That was like mid-COVID, and like we were doing stuff, and and then it just felt a bit like. We've got neighbours and stuff, and and I just thought somebody was going to snitch on us. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was so like anti-COVID rules. Like if you look at it, it's just all these people in the room. And this was mid-lockdown. Like police could have just knocked on the door and be like, "Oh, guys, yeah, ten thousand fine for everybody." Yeah. Um. So we didn't do any more of those. Um. What we will do. And like, then that brings me nicely. How did you get that connection with Sir Spira? How did that come about? I didn't put that set together. So I know Spyro and I've known Spyro for years. So Spyro's a friend. Like uh-huh. we've 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 all come up in the grind scene together. So I don't even know how we know each other. We just do. Yeah, it's been one that of long. Them. It's just one of those things of like I can't remember where I met you, but we just know each other and we're friends. Yeah. Um but that set was actually put together by Deadly Ever, I remember. Um and he shouted at me, he's like, Yo, I wanna do this, can we use the space, etc. Spyro's coming down. He brought everybody around and, and that was it. And then we just slapped to be a be a free logo on the wall. Yeah. It did sound like, super clean. That's yeah, it's got sure. loads like, of views as well, man. Yeah. yeah we and did, do, we, does that ever make you think, because I know that was very Birmingham-centric, is yeah. there a market there to do a London one, a Manchester one, or, or, and, or is it a case that you'd like to keep it? Nah, like, we... I, I, you know, even recently, man, like, I've been having a lot more thoughts about the B83 brand and how that fits worldwide. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we are a Birmingham, um, you know, based company. But we're a worldwide focused brand. So I want to, I love music. Like I consume music from all over the world. Like I'll be listening to Swedish rap. I'll be listening to French this. And I'm, I'm, I love like French dance music. Like literally I love music full yeah, stop. And um, I want to, I do want to grow the B83 brand to be uh, an internationally recognized, like culture focused yeah. brand. Um, and to do that, we're going to have to work and collaborate with different people around the world. And we are going to start doing more of that kind of stuff. So. So who do you want to work with? That's a perfect question. I've got, I want to work with, does this singer from, um, where is Abba from actually? She spent a lot of time in the UK, but she lives in London. Well, no, she lives in LA, but she's from Atlanta as well, I think. There's this singer called Abra that I want to work with, um, who I think is amazing. And I want to try and put a track together that she gets to go on. But she was, she, she was like big in about, oh, 16, 17. And then had label issues and kind of yeah. had to go quiet for a while. But I know she's working on some new stuff. But I find her music amazing. So I really want to work with her and like try and piece something together with kind of like putting her in a track with somebody else. So, you know, um, 
of course, with you guys looking to take it worldwide. I know you mentioned earlier that you've now got a London artist on the label. Yeah. How different is that to working with someone who say, I know there won't be like round the corner, round the corner, but being based in Brum is a lot easier than, or is it not the case of that? It's, it's, um, it's not harder because we spend, we go to London at least once or twice a week. So oh, okay. It's not that hard, but also it kind of, you don't just get that pop-in feel, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm just going to pop in. Yeah. Like with with, with yeah. the local acts where they will just, just come in and we'll be chilling and we'll be talking. You kind of, you lose a little bit of that. But because we're there often now, um, you know, we, I was there yesterday and um, Len came into the, the Sony offices when we were there and it was just like, he was like, what, so I can just like, just turn up and that. I was like, yeah. That's so true. that feels a little bit more like it's less formal. Yeah. He can just come and chill and we can talk and we can talk about music and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of, it's all about communication, really, man. You dropped the tool for <laughs> communication right there, didn't you? Yeah, the thing that I hate the most. Uh, Andy, just very quickly, um, w- could you ever see yourself going into a different role or do you believe that your heart will always be in marketing? I'm definitely passionate about marketing. Yeah. Um, and then I think along the way as well, um, this has given me opportunities to get involved in the management side. Um, so I've been kind of, yeah, chiseling away at that role um, simultaneously. Yeah. Um, specifically with um, Daps on the Map, who's on our roster, and then um, Devs, aka 1997. Um, with Devs, it's kind of been like from day one, like literally from the, the day I kind of walked in and said I want to do music because Devs previously was predominantly involved in graphic design and everyone kind of within music knew him for that specifically. So for him to come in and just say, I want to move into the music space and then be there. He was on the main stage at Made Festival a couple of wow. weeks ago. Um, he's, had a, he's had a really strong year actually. He's had a, a, a lot of great things. This year was BBC One Extras introducing Track of the Week a couple of months ago as well. So to be there from the get-go, from when he was like, I've got these instrumentals, I'm going to vocal them and you know, just be in that room. Um, that's enabled me with Des giving me the opportunity to get involved in that and, and Dev's having faith and trust in me and us as a team to be able to kind of develop my management skills as well. And again that's that's something I'm I'm equally as passionate, passionate about yeah. with marketing. Yeah, yeah. I think with with those two, what I realised was and I think I realised this a long time ago, I just never it was kind of always in front of me. So I, I used to be before production, I was always juggling production and being in a band, I've always had kind of like a passion for music that's just got high energy. So when I was younger, it'd be I'd just be listening to rap, metal, electronic predominantly. Anything with high energy, I was just hungry for. Yeah. So I just got involved in all of those things growing up in my teens and then my early twenties. I was in bands, I was producing, etc. Um, and some of these things I picked up just as a means to an end, without kind of like putting it down. It was like okay, we need merch. Okay, let's dabbling graphic design, let's get some tees printed. Okay, cool, now we need to sell the merch. Okay, cool, now it's, it's, et cetera, et cetera. All those little nuts and bolts. And then one day I kind of looked back and I think somebody mentioned like, oh, you've been marketing like the, the band really well or your, the production stuff well. Um, and then joining B83, it's been, I, I've kind of had, you know, um, the light bulb was switched on. It's like, okay, this is management, this is marketing. Now I can really, I know what they are now. And I want to throw myself into them because I think I've had a lot of experience in these different fields and being able to help 
and amplify somebody else's campaign or somebody else's career. I think that's where I've been able to to kind of um, lend myself properly. Do you know what I mean? I, th- yeah. I feel like yeah. my role here is, has definitely been all this experience and all these things I've thrown myself into. In my role now, I'm, I'm able to kind of utilise all of that. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's an exciting role. Like I said, every earlier, every time I speak to you, you're doing something just completely random and uh, you could be on a f- like shoot or yeah. you just, yeah, always got something on the go. Sally yeah. Merch doing this. Yeah. But it's interesting to see how your face is lighting up from saying that. That's how you know it's a passion. Yeah, Some 100%. people would be like, yeah, but you're there literally with... Sorry, Jessica. No, no. Though, but I just had to say that. It's, it's like you look... It's lovely to say, yeah. And I think the main thing, not to speak on, on Desi's behalf as well, but as well as being passionate about music, we are passionate about our city. We're passionate, yeah. you know, mm. promise. And to be flying the flag for a really kind of tight community where we are yeah. and being able to do what we do in our city where there's there's not you know not a lot of infrastructure that also you know makes me wake up and want to just go hard you know what we're passionate about as well like doing the work like yeah. it's it's I, I, just yesterday like literally like yesterday and i think this morning when i was talking i was battering on this morning as well um <laughs> i do this sometimes i go into like some monologue and andy just listens <laughs> And then I go about 45 minutes in, I'm like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been about 45 minutes. So today I was doing the monologue with Andy and uh, on the other end of the phone. And I was I was just harping on about having fun. Um, we did a meeting yesterday. It was one of our Monday meetings. We have a, a Monday kind of like catch up from the week before and a strategy meeting. And just being honest, like that one just didn't seem like the most fun to me. Not, not everything's going to be fun the whole time. But I looked at what we were doing and like, what are we doing? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I just yeah. have to check in on myself and ask, like, okay, are we doing the right things at the moment? Are we working on the right stuff? Are we going in the right direction? And kind of being honest with myself at the time and how I felt. And I was like, I don't like this direction we're going in. Yeah. And this isn't as fun as I want it to be. Like I said, running the business is not always going to be fun. The work of it isn't always going to be fun. But we're, we're actually working in, in an industry that we love. Like with music nerds, like we literally yeah. will just go on about music all the time. Yeah. Like just nerding out. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like no, we'll just like nerd out over. Do you hear that snare? That that, that, you hear that too. Go, oh right. That, like we're just yeah, like literally. literally nerds like that. So building the company based around like essentially my life's passion. I don't want to walk in thinking I don't want to be here some days because it's not like, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, were, we were in complete control of that. Yeah. I think you have to so, remind yourself what your why is, don't you? And, and that, exactly. Yeah. And I think it was one of those moments where I was like, why are we doing this? And had a conversation and, and there's some things that we're going to do to kind of like, just not bring it back because we haven't lost it, but just add more to our passion of what it is that we're doing yeah. and yeah. being more creative and creating stuff and doing bits and pieces and yeah, just adding to kind of the B83 story really. Yeah. The greatest I think that's what it's ever. about a lot of the time. Like if you look back at yourself and what you're doing now in 10 years time and you can say hand on heart, God, I was having fun, but oh, I loved every minute of it. Like that for me is job fulfillment and just life of fulfillment really. Like, I mean, we, we've had a really good couple of years at Buys and, S- and Sellers, as you know, but even the little things that we've done together, like that, I've enjoyed so much because seeing Zeno's face when he's outside that billboard, like that for me, you know. You are the billboard plug. The billboard shutter. You're the billboard shutter. But I've never, ever, 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 ever seen anybody 
as excited about billboards as you are. <laughs> like I'll be on your in, I'll be on your Instagram story watching it like you just talk about billboards for ten minutes. <laughs> And I've listened and watched every single thing and you just talk about billboards. And then this this happened in the podcast. I was like, I knew it, you're gonna do a podcast about out of home and billboards, of course. Because you can talk about it all the time. But no, but that's that's what is great, is that you yeah. love what you're doing. I've seen I, I, you know um, you love what you're doing too. Yeah, yeah. And we do as well. Like, yeah. you know, we yeah. literally and I hope Andy can say the same, but um I know I can, but I think we have job fulfillment. hundred like, percent what yeah. we're doing. So um And I, I guess know. that brings me on to like talk about uh, sort of branding and stuff as well because when I asked Ooh. you to bring come on the show I did say you know it's not going to be just about out of home like we want to talk about all sorts because you guys have so much to talk about you know you've got really really cool brands um, and a, a personal brand as well which we want to touch on but we'll touch on <laughs> we'll touch on uh, B83 <laughs> we'll touch on the business um, and the branding um, because I know that's really important to you um, and yeah, we you know everything's on the cards with this with this podcast. We're not just talking about iPhone, even though I'd love to do that for, for <laughs> hours and hours. But yeah, branding. Let's talk about your brand. Um, if I had tattoos, I'd probably have about six different B eighty three tattoos um, because branding. Yeah, like literally. Um, so I've got this chain. Um, it's a I'm nice chain. That's why I'm wearing it today, not just to be flashy. But yeah, <laughs> like it's it's branding. Um, you know, I've got this. Um, I got this phrase for myself, like brand strong, brand early. Nice. And that is, that's why I had to like, you know, commend Ryan on doing the, the logo and stuff. And just to tell that story, like I had to be like the B83 brand in terms of the brand name has been around for since 2005 or six. Um, and it's had a couple different um, iterations of the logo. Um, and there was one I was running with for a while, which was like a, it was like a mini, Mini B and a big eight three. I don't know why, but I just I just did it. It was Century Gothic. I know the font. Like I can just like like I said, like branding wise, I can nerd out. Yeah. Like the B was exactly half the size as the eight three, and 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 you have to do the kerning and certain. So this is what I'm saying. Like branding is really important. But anyway, so for a while I was looking at it and I was like, it, it's it's not giving me it's not giving me presence. I don't feel strong about it. I don't feel like it's a brand I can stand on. Yeah. I don't like the logo feels kind of like. Um, a bit too corporate, a bit too laid back, a bit whatever. And there was a point when I was like, okay, this needs to change. Um, and then I contacted Ryan and we had like a, a back and forward on it. And then he gave me like a like a list of, of things that he'd done. And I saw this and I was just like, yeah, that's it, like straight away. But you could probably put like a line in the sand of pre this brand logo and how um, I was manoeuvring with B83 the brand and, and afterwards because yeah. of feeling so confident about the logo and wanting to just plaster it everywhere and do whatever because I just feel like it's a lot more strong yeah. than something I can put forward. Um, to me, like, branding is is everything. It's what your, it's like your branded ideals, kind of what you're putting into what you're doing and, and how you're presenting that brand and the work that you're doing and how people kind of resonate with the things that are going on. And then also just the logo itself and kind of like putting that as many places as possible. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always been a brand guy, like even when I did Stay Fresh, which was like a ground crew before, that was a logo before we had any talent. Like I literally made the logo, made t-shirts and then added people 
Yeah. To the t-shirt. <laughs> okay, now we were a grime crew and you were wearing this t-shirt. Like that, that's basically what happened. Like it, was, it, was a, it was a logo and a slogan before it was anything else. So. But that was the marketing back in the day, weren't it? It was t-shirts, you get yeah. stickers, you put them on every mm-hmm. lamppost that you could, and then flyers, that was what you did. I remember yeah. when I had the magazine, like if, before I had the magazine, we were just putting stickers everywhere. <laughs> it wasn't even launched, it was just seeing stickers. And did you already have, did you already know Ryan before this or how did that happen or was it how did I word of mouth or something Ryan uh, weirdly the word Digbeth yeah. just comes up yeah. I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember what it was Some just, just Ryan Killeen Digbeth whatever I used to live in Digbeth for like ages so I think that's how we met each other yeah. somehow but then I used to work at Apple for like what was it through Apple I used to work at Apple for like six years Yeah, um, and that's kind of Again, one of the reasons I've got a very strong um, ethos around branding. Yeah. Um, being like a, a, a fan and a disciple of Steve Jobs. <laughs> and then just Apple and working for a company that, that was at one point, I think it maybe still is, but the most valuable brand in the world and how they go about presenting that and how they go about protecting that, etc. It gives you an idea of kind of how important that is. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty epic, man. And, and it is crazy to think, though, it, it's weird because you didn't know what Ryan was going to send through, but the fact that you knew it was right the second that you saw it. it changed my life. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Like, literally, like, I saw it and I knew straight away. Like, everything he sent, I looked at it and I was like, that's the one. Yeah. It was like five minutes of just looking at it and thinking, yeah. I'll take like, that. I'll take it and that's it. And I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. And I remember somebody, um, I had somebody that was helping me with some, like, um, brand identity stuff before that never really worked out. And then, and then, then I ended up having the new logo. And then she was saying that she was like, it kind of like, it kind of looks like you. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's really like big and strong and bold. And I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, it's kind of hench. And I like, never thought about it that way. But yeah. as soon as she like said it, what we have, we have been more loud since yeah. having that logo. We have been more bold since having that logo. Like it's really changed things. Cause I, I, I kind of, it's just feeling confident in what you present into the world. And I think that the logo that I had before, I didn't feel confident in it. It wasn't something that I felt represented who we are and what we were doing. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as we had this new one, it was like, put it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like that literally. Like, 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 like the stickers all over the city and there's, yeah. yeah. So put now, it everywhere. So now you're a bit more established. This a few years ago now yeah. since that logo. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the brand sort of alive? Is it more networking now do you let the work do the talking that's literally the conversation we had this morning i've got a camera in your office how can i put this i think what we've been doing for the last couple of years has been kind of represented by the artists that we've been working with and kind of like helping them do their thing and then staying kind of semi in the background and, and you know, be it free as an entity existing by way of them being them. Yeah. Um, I'm literally changing all that now. So we're still going to be doing all the same stuff in terms of representing our acts, et cetera. Um, but be it free as an entity, um, as it was before, actually, to be fair, when I was doing like content and stuff, um, you know, YouTube channel, ad merchandise and all this kind of stuff as, and, and be it free being a creative vehicle. Um, 
we're going to be reverting back to that and like putting that a bit more out there. Yeah, get yourselves back out there as a brand. And as a brand, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And how that kind of, um, you know, how that brand's going to influence culture and what we're going to be um, doing and who we're going to be collaborating with and, and the kind of things and, and the work that we're going to be putting out there. Like literally this morning in my monologue, this is what I was saying to Andy. And I was like, do you know what I mean? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> Just talking about branding and we were talking about um the 83 uh needing to get back out there as a brand mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're gonna start maybe doing some more content mm-hmm. and i was just saying to desper boy you went and got a drink um that desper as a personal brand like i see him well i've seen you sort of go to kind of like the london events and loads of events in Birmingham and all sorts, and you kind of watch from afar. Because I've probably known Desper for a couple of years now, but I've known of him for a lot longer. So I've kind of watched from afar, thinking, God, he's doing all right. <laughs> he's Birmingham lads going to all these events. But he must be, um, you know, know everyone. But you're saying it's probably. Yeah, no, I only I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a hermit, man. So, <laughs> so I don't, like, honestly, Andy knows this about me more than anybody now. Actually, to be fair, but I only go to about sometimes I, I get forced oh. to go to things. I only go to about like fifteen percent of the things I could do, yeah. and you only really if there's a photo on my Instagram with anybody, you probably have only seen me take photos about three percent of the time with anybody I could have taken a photo with. But yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people. Like I said earlier, I, this is like my 21st year. Like I've been around for ages. There's people who are absolute superstars now who I've known since they were nobody. Yeah. You've you know. interviewed people like Kano, Big Nasty, all yeah. sorts like back in the t- day. You know, I've sat down and had great conversations with people. Ed Sheeran came to work with Stay Fresh before, stayed on the sofa in the studio for three days. Oh my God. Like drinking Guinness. Like he is, he is who he is. Like he's like, like people think, oh yeah, Ed Sheeran, oh, he puts on the nice guy act. Like no. He's just who he is. Yeah. yeah. Just way more rich now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like that's 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 it. So I've had a um I've had a, like a really long career and just mm-hmm. kind of just done stuff and, and been cool and then people just know me. I've just been around. Yeah. And I've been really conscious of um what I've been really conscious of though, because I'm a bit older than kind of like most people, um, is I was kind of conscious of not being a twat on social media. Um, I don't think you're a twat on social media. I oh, know I'm not a twat on social media, <laughs> consciously though. <Yeah. laughs> but do you like, know what's interesting about you know. so, social media? So I, I think the people that are really connected, that are really sound, are on Twitter and use Twitter a lot. Yeah, I, I think all the OGs are on Twitter. That's why I'm, adi- I, I like I'm, I'm actually using. addicted to Twitter. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start twitching if I don't <laughs> Twitter every day. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, no, while we've been talking, if you've seen me pick up my phone, I'm scrolling Twitter. That's it. Check a message. I hope Twitter. that's when you're asking the questions, Jess. No, I'm still, I'm still in the loop. I'm just getting my hit. But isn't it mad that you're doing all that, but do you put together, do you ever put together a kind of like a marketing plan for Twitter for any of your artists? <laughs> Whoa, that went down the wrong way. Um, <laughs> no, actually, because with Twitter, well, you're missing a what, trick. No, what, no, what, I've had, what I have had to do though is is delete people's tweets before okay. and or tell people, can you take that down, please? That's a bit mad. Yeah. So I've had to anti marketing. Yeah, like anti marketing. Um, but yeah, no, nah, like I, I, no, nah, we, not nah, we really have it. I mean, with Twitter, you can do a marketing plan and you can be a. But for me, it's just been. Twitter is one of those things. You just be purposeful about 
about like who you are and what you want to talk about. Yeah. Like, cause and whatever you tweet about and what you what and also this is really important as well. Whatever you laugh at, people are gonna think that's who you are. Yeah. yeah. So whatever you think, whatever you if you whatever you're gossiping about, whatever you're commenting retweeting. about, whatever whatever you're retweeting. All of that goes into your personal brand. Yeah. Every yeah. single thing that you do on there, people are going to think, well, that's what he enjoys or that's what they're doing, whatever. And then they're going to create an, a, a perception of who you are as a person. Yeah. So earlier on in my, in my, in my, in my Twitter career, like, <laughs> like I decided, I was like, I was very conscious. And I was like, well, okay, most people um, that follow me on Twitter are never going to meet me, but they're going to have a perception of me yeah. based on what I put out there into the atmosphere. So who am I? What do I enjoy? What am I going to talk about? What am I not going to talk about? And all that kind of stuff. And that is what's going to be my Twitter feed. Yeah. So there's people that have met me that know me. I've met. I've, I've got great friendships from people that I've met on Twitter, just because I felt like I got a good understanding of kind of who I who I am and what I want to portray and 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 just put out there. And then you kind of you kind of create your tribe around that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's like investment stuff. There's me talk about my depression. There's loads of things that. I've met people in real life and they're like, yo, you know, I saw that tweet, et cetera. And you forget how far and wide these things go. Like they do actually go, they, they get out there. I'm, I'm, I've had a tweet in Music Week before. I've had tweets on Sky Sports before. Yeah. Sky News and you know, different yeah, things. Right. Like I've, yeah, man, Twitter's kind of cool. I think the yeah. kind of uh, nuts thing about Twitter as well is like you see it often, like celebrities will put a tweet out there and delete it 30 seconds later and it's like somebody's screen grabbed that. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly what you're saying, it does make more sense to be a bit cautious because it's on there forever then, isn't it? If someone's took a screen grab of that, <laughs> it don't really matter that you've deleted it so I've quick. I've deleted loads of tweets. <laughs> I've been drunk and tweeted things and be like, in my drunkenness, be like, oh, delete it, but delete it. I literally so, saw something just before we came in. What? Somebody, not even one tweet, I think there's about seven tweets that have been pulled up from like 2013. And it's oh, like, I know, I saw that earlier yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a bit mad, that Looking was. a little bit yeah. sticker, yeah. 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 It's oh. a bit sticky, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People don't realise the implications that I like this. this no. If you don't take it down, it's, yeah, like you say, it's, it's on there forever. So just. Wow, it's the, that's the thing with close friends on Instagram. Oh. God, the amount of times I've like put something on that and thought, oh, delete. Yeah. Or I thought I've put it on the mind story and thought, oh yeah. my God, what am I doing? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that close friends, man. It's a new to close friends, the close friends. close friends yeah. are never as close as you think they are sometimes. Yeah. So I've seen people like leak things from close friends. Like, I, don't have a, I don't have a close friends thing. Because yeah. if I did have one, I'd feel too safe. I'd be putting loads of mad stuff on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, did I hear you correctly just a moment ago? Did you say you've actually tweeted about depression? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, I've, even this year, man. And again, like, you know, when I say Andy's the rock, I don't like just mean that in just business sense. Like, I went through a really bad depression this year for about three, about three months, isn't it? Mm-hmm. About three and a half months. Yeah. Um, and I was just essentially fucked. Yeah, yeah. For a while. Um, and, you know, I was really open about it to Andy and he helped keep, keep the business running, etc. And other people around me and stuff, like friends and family. Um, and, yeah, it's something I ended up, when I came out of that, I kind of shared a bit of it on Twitter. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Because I think, you know what, it gets mentioned a lot, doesn't it, about men need to talk out more. But to show a vulnerability, I think, even in the industry you're in, to a degree, it's like, I think that's quite brave, man, to put it out there. Yeah, because you know what? I think with anything, unless you know other people are going through it, sometimes you think it's just you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn, because I've, 
I've suffered with it like most of my adult life, to be fair, and even when I was a teen and stuff. So, but there was a time period when I was quite ashamed about it. Yeah. Um, and there's like there's opportunities that I've lost and stuff like that, or friends that and, and and relationships I don't have anymore because I was depressed and nobody understood what was going on. It wasn't something that was spoken about a lot then. Yeah. And I was just I went off into my own world for months and nobody could find me and and I just you know what I'm saying. So, um, I had to learn to kind of own it. Um, and be and get in front of it, etc. And there was someone I used to work with um, called Spider. Um, Gavin, actually, his real name was um, Gavin Williams. Um, who I was on the shop floor one day at Apple, just standing there. Um, he was not a supervisor yet, but he was getting there. And he just made a bit. I remember f- like feeling him walking towards me. It's like this mad beeline from the left. Like, yeah, this guy with this massive afro as well. Um, and he was he made this beeline towards me, and he was like, came up to me, he was like. Have you ever been diagnosed with depression? And I looked at him and I smiled and I was like, "No, but like, I know that I do." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, you're depressed." I was like, "What do you mean?" Like, he said, "No, I can tell you're depressed because you're doing things." Like, I just had a daughter at that point. She was about two, one and a half, two, and he was like, "He's like the way you're acting and the things that you're doing. It seems like you don't care about your job, but I know that you do. But you've also got a child, and it doesn't make sense." Yeah. And he used to be a Royal Marine. And his thing was is that he went through the training to notice when your team members are feeling down, are feeling down or whatever. Because essentially, in the Marines, those are the people that are protecting your life and whatever. And he was like, you know, somebody could spaz out and start try, trying to kill everybody or just yeah, not, you know. Yeah. So he he was he was trained in that, and he um I ended up taking, I ended up going yeah I ended up getting signed off work for about a month after that. Um, like I went to the doctor, got signed off and stuff. But anyway, that was when that happened. That kind of made me be a bit more open about it. Yeah, especially because it was so noticeable to somebody that could see. And then I just started owning it a bit more and sh- talking about it a bit more and being a bit, bit honest because it happens. Like, well, not you know. only that, I think people looking on that Twitter from a guy's point of view, I think seeing someone who's got a strong exterior and has that feeling that they can share their feelings, yeah. I think it sets a precedent that, you know what, you can be a bloke and still talk about it. But I don't know what you guys think about this, but you m- you may have seen that Paddy Pimblet say, his, his after-fight speech that, that was, went viral. That was so important. Yeah. That sent shivers through me when I saw that, and mm. it was really important, man. But, and I hate to be this guy, there Go is on. one but, I think, because... I've had it myself. You ha- I'm all for the message of talk to people, but they yeah. have to be the right people. Because yeah. if you're talking to people that give you bad advice and just yeah. brush it off what you're yeah. overreacting, yeah. it could actually send you, the person you're speaking to has to be worthy to know. Does that make... I'm not... I'm for 100%. what you're saying 100%, but you've got to yeah. be careful who you're, share, you who you're sharing that with. But... Um, well, just to... I mean, just to, you know, talk about it from Andy's point of view, like, I don't know, how did you feel when I shared that with you in terms of did you think you were the right person to talk to you like? <laughs> oh, it's, it's a tough one um, I think I'm a good listener yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. think I'm a good listener like first and foremost so I'll listen to, to anybody especially when they're in a position like that um, and it's a kind of yeah that's the kind of the human inside of you starts to, to kick in then yeah um, and I think that's where it transcends what we do on a day to day with our job or just none of that just matters anymore that just all goes out the window um, so I think yeah when, when you came forward and told me what had been kind of going on mm. first and foremost like a lot made sense then it was like okay and then just having that kind of I don't know letting you know that you know there's support here mm. yeah. and knowing what's going on 
um, and, and help him pick you up mentally. I th- you know, for me, the one person who said it perfectly was um, about mental health and about you know not being um, kind of as, as, as healthy in the mental space as as, as, as you normally are. Was, was Kanye when he said about you wouldn't ask an athlete to run on an injured leg? Yeah. So why would you push somebody yeah. to do stuff when they're not in a in, not, yeah. when their mental health isn't isn't all there? Why would you keep pushing them to do? So that opened my eyes. So I think. When that happened, it was like, okay, cool. Just, just yeah. let me. I'm, I'm good to go and take care of this sort of stuff. But let me know if you need anything else outside of all this, because that's that becomes trivial. Yeah, yeah it was a bit mad, man. I literally just lost the capability to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like it was really like, whoa, like, yeah. Whoa, the thing is though, we're all human, aren't we? I yeah, think yeah. sometimes like we take on so many different roles. Yeah. And if you just take a step back, it's like you know, I'm a I'm a um fan of sayings and no man is an island. I know it's a bit cheesy. No, it's absolutely it's true so though. True. Like my friends saved my life this year, I would say. Yeah. Like, honestly. Um Yeah. And do you find that doing things like producing music or getting back into work, does that help in any way or is there what I, I what I think for me? It was just being more open and not keeping things in so much. And also going to the gym more again as well. And I think this is, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it openly is that people look at me like, you know, big guy, strong, gym, this, that, the other. And you do get a perception of strength just from physical strength. And yeah, but at times, like, I break in my head. like, and, and And I just wanted to be honest about that, like, because just because, yeah, you can present like a big physical image and whatever, doesn't mean that everything's going to be okay all the time. So I, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it as well, to, for people that feel like they need to be yeah. on all the time. And even running the company, at the end of the day, you know, I've got my I've got my, my staff to kind of like um, report to as, 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 the, as their leader and whatever. And there's times when I just didn't feel healthy to to be that person yeah and and how do you talk about that how do you communicate that how do you keep morale up when you course, don't have any yeah. at the time there was loads of things around that and, and and that's why i just wanted to kind of get ahead of it and and speak to everybody we're like look i don't feel good at the moment and i feel like me being around is going to have more negative effects than me just being gone for a while yeah and it took a while to kind of get back to the point where i could be present again this is a a really tough question and to you as well with so many people suffering from depression, what, why is that? Do you think we're living... Un- I know this is a bit philosophical and stuff, but do you think deep down we're living unnatural lifestyles yeah, that don't resonate with completely. what we actually are? Completely. People are living outside of their souls. Yeah. Just, you know, we 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 live outside of ourselves. Yeah. Like, whereas if you tap into yourself and listen to yourself and you figure out what works for you and what doesn't, when you spend time doing that, and aligning with yourself, not to be all like esoteric, no, but, it's but true. you will, you'll be a, a, a lot more connected to who you are and what makes you feel good. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the lives that we lead now, it's all outwards. It's all Very social fast. media. It's yeah. all it's all fast food. It's all drinking. It's all this. It's all that. It's and a as lot much of pressure, as we, isn't it? there's a lot load of pressure, the world as well. I mean, you know, lockdown was horrendous. Um, for a lot of people and I said yeah. still you can still see the signs in people now oh, I think so walking like, through know, Birmingham and I only, I'm a big fan of Brum man you know I've lived here my whole life 
but when you walk through it it's like exactly what you're saying I almost feel like you can see the little pockets of societies where it's like I'm sure there weren't this many like homeless people it just seems magnified to me yeah. in a way and you know just the pre- just again the pressures of life like we, we, we're dealing with the cost of living crisis we're dealing yeah. with media that's just pumping all this shit at us all the time there's, there's, there's the whole idea about self-image as well, which I think is a big thing. Um, people maybe not being happy in themselves. And all that. There's just loads there's of lot, things yeah. that in modern society make you not feel good. Yeah, And that is also by design because if you don't feel good, you're going to consume. It's true. That and is you, you're going you're gonna to buy stuff. You're going to buy that. You're going to buy that. And, and this is... I know it's weird because we talk about billboards and marketing. Nah, man. This is what this podcast is, is about. It, everything. It, it is, you know... How do you make somebody buy, um, I don't know, like how do you make somebody buy a waist trainer? Like the, essentially as well, they don't really work. But like... <laughs> you have, you have to create that to unhappiness yeah. in that yeah. person. You have you? to create that. Like that is the, that is the, how do you create the need? Yeah. You yeah. have to make the person feel unhappy. Yeah. I've got a friend that did a master's in, in, um, in advertising and left, I think, what was it? I think he left the industry after about a year. Because he said it was completely soulless, and he thought like, "Oh, like I don't know what I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing here." Like yeah. this is a bit mad because he's literally you're having to create kind of like those gaps in people's lives via advertising to make them think they need this product. Do you ever get that feeling, Jess, in no, the role you see, do? I see it on the flip see, side. you shadow you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I see it on the other way. So I love seeing, and there is a bit of vanity for some brands and people. Mm-hmm. I love seeing how happy people are when they go on to the billboard. And that billboard campaign makes a different in their brand difference 100%. in their brand story. So, like we've done campaigns for people where that campaign that we did changed things massively, or that was the start stepping stone. And you know, we did that campaign for a gym shop, which was just amazing. They're and amazing, now. yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah. The campaign that we did in in New York, it got a billion impressions, like um, organically on Twitter. Twitter's OG, but it. <laughs> It just went nuts. And I was a tiny part of that puzzle that made that happen. And that for me is just like job satisfaction. Going back to kind of like brand why, asking yourself every Monday, if you can go into work on a Monday and you can say to yourself, hand on heart, this is why I'm doing this. And this this is what I love. Then that for me is just like amazing. I think, yeah, if you guys are doing that and... Yeah, we are, man. And I'm just trying to make sure... As a team, we're doing that more. Yeah. Like, I just want to have a, just a shitload of fun. Yeah. We need to get out more then, don't we? <laughs> well, yeah, like, like we, we do. Like, we, now we do. Like, because, I mean, we came to your... Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we came to your thing before before um, Wireless. That yeah. was great. And then off the back of that, we um, we got invited to a free champagne party. And which I am Champagne Desi, and I, exactly. loved, I, loved, every, I loved every second. I was like, wait, I'm drinking free champagne. <laughs> on a Wednesday. Could, could this be any better? I was like, do you want to come to a champagne party? It's free, and it's on Wednesday. He's like, yeah. yeah bottles like. on bottles on bottles. So um, that was great. But yeah, no, we need to get out more and enjoy ourselves. But I, feel, I just think like, wait, let me drink this. <laughs> the talk oh, of... Uh, Champagne. I think I've been drinking yours. Yeah, no, you well. haven't. I just think. I, I, yeah, I just think like, yeah, just, just, just having fun and creating stuff yeah. and creating legacy and out of that creation and, and creating stories and telling stories and marketing those things and um, yeah, man, just like just being more product oriented. Yeah, is what we're getting back to um, and how we build the brand of Be It Free and the products that we help create and service and how that. 
yeah. how that looks and feels to the world and just building, yeah, building a, a massive fucking company. Good stuff. So in the next 10 years, we're thinking about possibly global growth. Oh, no, not not possibly, 100%. I like the conviction. Like, like, no, 100%. There's, like, there's, there's areas that I want to get into in terms of, like, you know, locales, country-wise and whatever. And 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 uh, it's all it's all led by the music. Like I love music, so let's put people together. Yeah, how can I put that that artist that I love over there that I think would work well with this artist over there with this producer? How can I put those people in the room and do Same. that and just continue doing that like worldwide and kind of like building a thing around BA3 by way of doing that um, and just having as much fun as possible in doing it and creating the work. Right, guys, that pretty much covers everything then. Thank you so much for coming on, Desper and uh, Andy. We really appreciate you guys Thank being you our first guest. Thank, Thank you so much. I know Jess was gassed when we found out you guys were coming on. We've had Biscoffee Cheesecake and mm. we've drank champagne. The best. Yeah. Biscoffee Cheesecake. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. That cheesecake's mad. I'm starting to get a sugar rush at the moment. What, you're rating the chat out of 10, lads, before yeah, we good go? Chat, man. Yeah, 100%. But chat. not a 10. A 12. <laughs> 11. I, yeah. After ten point ten point seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take that. No, that was great. That was a, that was a really good. <laughs> yeah. No, I really enjoyed it, man. Like, thank you so much for covering and mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you very thanks much. For thanks for the invite. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so. for the billboards, buyers and sellers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buying and selling. Like, <laughs> 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 New song coming out soon. We've yeah. actually done a good variation of billboards with you guys as well. Yeah, and we're gonna it's do some more. Yeah, We've already put an order in. No, I haven't. London, you have. We'll do one in London. She was buying and selling. I'm the billboard shatter. That's what I do. She's the pusher girl. So, yeah, you'll be seeing you guys on billboards soon. Good luck to be 83. We'll be on a billboard. Yeah, we'll put you on a billboard. My head on a billboard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, comment, and subscribe, everyone. Thank you, though, by the way. Give us a follow. Good luck to be 83. Thank you. Appreciate that. I was listening. Be 83 to the world. To the motherfucking world.